What is the secret to health and human flourishing? To living a life in the fullness of what you could be? What if this whole time, who you were meant to be was already within you, waiting to arise, waiting to expand? Each and every one of us is made to bloom. And each of us together can brighten the whole world. I'm Sarah Walters, and I welcome you to Bloom, the podcast. Well, hello, friends. We're going to spend some time today reflecting on something that I found immensely life-changing, both personally and professionally. And it's about kindness today. But don't think that you know what I'm about to say. This isn't about just being nice or being passive, or a doormat to others, or not having opinions and boundaries. This is about the way cultivating the quality of kindness in your life is actually a superpower. One of the greatest assets for a life of thriving and strongest forces for positive change in your life, and ultimately in the life of others. And for those of you who might have a hard time believing that kind is the new strong. I want to help you make sense of just how powerful it is from a physiological perspective and then coach you through how you can begin cultivating kindness towards yourself. But first, before diving in, let's get a word from my daughters who are eight, five, and three. you think it means to be kind? Well, I think it means to help people um, when they fall and do nice things for them. That's what I think kind means. Yeah, so doing nice things for people. What does it mean to be kind to yourself? To treat you like good and not bad because if you take yourself bad, then you want, you're not acting kind. You need to act kind to yourself or else... Or else what happens? Or, or else bad things can happen to your body. Ooh, like if you're not kind to yourself, what, what could happen to your body? Like if you hurt yourself and you don't care, that you can get really hurt badly that you'll have to medical or hospital or get like really injured. So, uh, And also you need like... Medicine, you need to get, um, you also need to eat healthy food. If you don't, then nope. <laughs> then nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Uh, my question is, what do you think it means to be kind? We give food to other people when they're homeless, and we also give hugs and say and say that we love you and play and that's the ending. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So what happens if you're not kind to other people? You gotta say sorry. Gotta say sorry, yeah. What happens if you're not kind to yourself? You say sorry, body. Sorry, body. I wasn't being kind to you. I love it. What does it mean to be kind? To be 
so nice. To be so nice, yeah. And how do you be nice to people? You have to be sweet. Then what do you do to be sweet? To play with LMA. To play with LMA, is that your friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what happens if you're not kind to other people? They are going to be so meaner and meaner and meaner. And then what happens to you if they're meaner and meaner to you? They're going to cry. And cry, yeah. So when you're not kind to other people, then they won't be kind to you? Yeah. Kindness, by definition, is to be of helpful nature, to be gentle and loving, giving pleasure or relief. And what's amazing about asking kids about kindness is that they instinctively understand that you get what you give. That when you aren't kind to others, then you won't get it reflected back to you in the outer world. That if you aren't kind to yourself, that you will injure your body, that bad things will happen because kindness is a way we nurture and take care of ourselves. And as Adeline says, we then, if we're not taking care of ourselves, have the opportunity to apologize to ourselves and say, I'm sorry, body. So I ask you to consider this question. Are you kind to yourself? Or do you stand in opposition to yourself? Are you kind to others? Or do you stand in opposition to them, trying to force change or place blame? One of the things I talk about often when working with people is about putting on kind eyes. So what that means is that whatever we see in them or comes up in them or in others, we gaze upon those things with kindness. So when we're exploring the parts of them that are addicted to something, or fearful, or want to cheat on their partner, or are insecure and jealous, we go about putting on these proverbial glasses that are tinted with kindness. So why in the world would I emphasize kindness so much? Well, because as a nice nin so beautifully puts it, we do not see things as they are. We see things as we are. What this means is that how we experience what we see depends largely on what state of mind we are in. The state of mind is the tint of the glasses and is what filters the experience of what we encounter. And if the tint is colored by judgment or internal opposition, then when we look, we see an enemy in ourselves or in other people. If the tint of your glasses is kind colored, then you can explore much further. You can access compassion. You can get to the root of issues. And that, that is when you begin to heal and change from the inside out. Kindness allows us to connect with what is rather than closing off from it. So most people think that the process of growth is about getting rid of certain behaviors. Usually that's why they come in the office. They either want to stop being so angry or 
anxious all the time. They want to stop yelling at their kids or their spouse. Or they want to stop choosing partners that treat them like dirt. Or, or they desire to stop feeling so bad about themselves. Feeling shame and low self-confidence. And most people naturally assume that if they could just stop doing X, then they would get to Z, where life is wonderful and blissful. So they try harder to overcome and stop X by managing their time better or just exerting a greater willpower over themselves. But usually, after some time, the energy runs out and they are right back to X behavior. But here's the deal. There is always, always, always a function to X behavior. X serves some sort of purpose or else it wouldn't be there in the first place. And so people, by trying to get rid of X, posture themselves as enemies towards X. And as you've heard me say before, you empower what you fight internally and externally. But by fighting yourself, you're basically stressing out your system and end up draining your energy, which thereby contributes to you staying stuck. And that's why to transform, you have to transcend this pattern and need a whole different approach to yourself. And it's a very counterintuitive approach. So if the most common way that we posture ourselves is in opposition to ourselves, then the counterintuitive way is to turn towards and open ourselves to what's in us, to hold a quality of care and concern or kindness towards ourselves. And when we do that, here's what happens. Kindness physiologically puts your body in a state of ease and calm. Like I've said before, story follows state. So whatever bodily state we are in, our mind and mental stories follow suit. If physiologically we're angry, then our bodies are in fight mode and are in opposition to something, which means our bodies go into an anxious state. And when we look at the world or ourselves, we see enemies. We see something that we have to survive and fight against. Or if we're jealous, then we're in a body state of fear and scarcity. And then we experience the world and ourselves as lacking in some way. So our body states matter. Our body states become the filter in our glasses, which tinges the landscape with its particular color. Now, seeing everything through kind eyes shifts us out of that fight or flight mode and into a state of calm and connection where we think more clearly, where we act from a place of goodness rather than survival. The best way I know how to describe the quality of kindness is through a metaphor. So kindness is like water running down a brook. It does not ask the boulders to get out of the water so that it can continue flowing. It accepts whatever is in its path and gently caresses the side of the rocks as it moves. And over time, 
It smooths over the rock's hard edges and surfaces, creating even greater flow and ease of movement. So like water, kindness, when applied to our lives, changes her internal landscape, not through force and grit, but through the tenderness of the movement. It softens us and brings us harmony within our own bodies. We don't have to fight what we find in our path, whether it's parts of ourselves or whether it's others in the external world. We accept all that is and change the scene by bringing with us a new quality of peace. Kindness is contagious. Kindness is the tone of the action. It's like how your spouse can say the same thing with two different tones. And one's going to lead to connection and the other's going to lead to disconnection. So what are you doing? feels judgy, right? It feels offensive. It's probably going to lead to a fight. Whereas, what are you doing? Is opening up communication and being known. It's curious and it brings two people closer together. So in the same way, kindness is about the quality of movement, the energy underneath the action, and it requires a deeper connection and awareness to yourself to see what's happening underneath in order to shift that energy within. So let's put this into practice. I've been speaking into your headspace providing concepts and teachings to help you mentally understand the power of kindness and what's happening physiologically. But none of this matters if you aren't putting it into practice. And so what if in this moment you took a time out, a pause to see what's happening within you today? to look at your worries or fears, to see the swirling of thoughts surrounding what you feel needs to get done today. Maybe even noticing thoughts of feeling like you aren't doing enough. Become present to what's happening inside of you in this moment. And whatever you find in your body or mind, notice it. And as you look, imagine seeing it all with care and concern, with eyes that are soft and gentle and loving. Imagine orienting yourself in this way to whatever you are holding. And just notice, what does this feel like? How does this change your experience of what's happening in your body and mind? Now this practice needs more time to implement than I'm giving you in this podcast today. So I encourage you 
to keep practicing this even after this podcast ends. One more thing that I am really excited about. I want to let you know that I am in the middle of launching a supportive service for you and for anybody called Texts That Change Your Brain. So neuroscience shows us that to change your brain, you have to practice something repeatedly on a daily basis. And so this text service that I'm developing, it's supposed to provide daily support for your own personal growth and development. And it's made for busy people like me and like you to make small changes in five minutes or less a day that over time have really big impact. So the text will be sent in the morning and there are things like meditations and challenges and neuroscience facts that aim to build this emotional intelligence and resilience and self-compassion and these kind eyes like we've been talking about, you know, to decrease your stress and anxiety so that you can live a more abundant and thoughtful life. It's $10 a month. Cancel at any time. And depending on when you listen to this podcast, this service might even be live. So check the show notes for details for just how to sign up. And thanks for listening today, friends. As always, be kind and curious.